Welcome to the vineyard. Glad to have you with us. I was just watching the children wander. They're, uh, they're fun to watch. Welcome those of you joining us online as well. Glad to have you all here. And I uh, hope you heard the announcement video. There was a lot of stuff on there, but there's a baptism coming up this Sunday morning, uh, this Saturday morning. If you want to get baptized, we'll be at Bay Honda from 9 to 10. You need to be baptized if you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you haven't been baptized. It's a biblical, non-negotiable. It needs to happen. Other people will come and make a memory because they don't have a memory of being baptized. I'm not saying that it didn't take. I'm just saying it's such a powerful memory. If you don't have a memory of being baptized, you may want to consider coming out and sharing that time with us. Saturday morning, Bay Honda, 9 to 10. If you can let us know up front, that's great. We'll bring you a T-shirt and a certificate. If not, just show up and we'll take care of you there. All right, so that's going to be fun. And I want to personally invite you to Newcomer's Lunch. So if you're new to the vineyard, um, Sunday, next Sunday, after the 11 o'clock service, we're going to do a short, we call it a Newcomer's Lunch. Alice and I go out on the deck. Some of the staff shows up. And uh, if you're new and you have questions, you just want to say hello, that's where we'll be. That'll be this Sunday after the, 12, after the 11 o'clock service. So about 12.10, 12.15, we'll be out there. We'd love for you to come. And... Um, Cool. So we're, uh, we're in a series called An Unshakable Foundation. We're, we're, I'm hoping to set in a place, uh, a foundation in place where you can see how the story fits from beginning to end. Because when you get a hold of his whole story, then you, you sort of understand how you fit into his story. And then I think it just opens up the scriptures to us and uh, it, it just changes the way that we live. And I really want to talk about that today, changing how we live. And I'm asking, I've been praying that God would just help us to connect together what it means to have the mind of Christ in light of what we know about the whole story and that that would impact all of us. And I'm going to talk about that this week and next. And I, I want to go back to a little bit uh, of last week. We're going to tie that in. You know, last week I was saying, we talked again about... Uh, the death and resurrection, and how uh, what that means, and that that sin has been dealt with, death has been dealt with, and that Jesus has somehow taken us to the cross with Him, and so we died with Him and we resurrected with Him, and things were set in motion then that have changed everything because of the resurrection of Jesus, the, the He's the first one to have the whole package and everything that happened, and He's a promise of what's to come when Jesus when He returns, and the, the whole earth will sort of go through uh, that resurrection, if you would, be restored and 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 renewed, and and that we have life there with uh, with Him forever. And we get new physical bodies at that point. But back at the cross, something happens significant, and it makes a difference in how we live now. That's really what I'm trying to bring across, is the, the change that happens now and how we're, supposed to, how we're supposed to live. That last song, you know, don't, that last song is so amazing if you start thinking it in light of the story. And, and I, I think it would be easy just to think of it, oh, that's an Easter song. It's about life now. And that Holy Spirit, God wants us to live now, to experience life. That, that challenge is live and live. And remember, the enemy is the one who doesn't want you to live. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come that we might have life and have it abundantly. So we're going to plug into that today. And uh, that's where we're heading, hopefully tying some things together. So, transition Bad joke or two. These are very bad, too. But before that, even. So I, just this story. So Alice and I went up to Costco this week. And uh, 
on Monday. And, I, you know, I've lived in the Keys for 41, 42 years. And we don't have big, big stores like that, big box stores, they call them. And, you know, so I have been be occasionally, you know, to a Sam's Club or something like that. But it's been a while because we don't get off much, uh, you know, the rock much. And, we, you know, we travel sometimes, you know, we used to. But we'd never go to a big box store because you couldn't buy the stuff there and get it home. So I was amazed at how big everything seemed. And, and just big, giant quantities of things, you know, and it was like, oh, we got to have, so we, and, you know, so we bought some laundry stuff and everything. But the thing that struck me was, and I didn't buy this, but I walked by and there was a bag of Ruffles potato chips that, that was the size of a king size pillow. <laughs> and I was, I, I couldn't get over it because I thought to myself, what do you do with that many potato chips? How, why is there a need for a bag of potato chips the size of a pillow? And, and I didn't buy it, but I looked at it because there was a regular size bag of chips for like $5. And that bag of potato chips size was $8. That's why people buy it. You don't need them, but you can't. You almost have to get it, right? And I was fascinated at the marketing that goes behind that. Who, anyway, I, it has nothing to do with anything other than I have that sort of in my mind. is Why is there potato chip bags the size of pillows? We may never understand. But anyway... When we were driving to Costco, at one point, Alice looked at me and she, she said, Hey, you missed a right. And I said, Well, thanks, babe. You misses right. <laughs> now, some of you will get that in a minute. <laughs> Mr. Right. Do I have to explain? I think I have to explain all these. Yoda's last name? Lehihu. Yoda <laughs> That makes it all worthwhile. I got an old brother out of Russ. This one came from Pastor Billy, and I just wanted to share this moment with him. What's the last thing Jeff Bezos does before going to bed? He puts his pajamas on. You don't know who Jeff Bezos is? The joke will never make sense. Pazamazon. Thank you for sharing. Pazamazon. It's in the delivery, hon. I'm sure of it. <laughs> Yoda On the upside, I have enough tide for like two years, so that's good, huh? <laughs> The tide, we get the Tide Pods. It was one of those things. Like at Winn-Dixie, you get like 20 for, I love Winn-Dixie too. You get like 20 for $10. We got 168 for like $12. I'm like, I don't need that many, but I'm going to buy them. It's just us too. How much laundry? But anyway, okay. So now we're going to really try to pray and get in the presence of the Lord again. Amen? Okay. Come. Come again, Holy Spirit. Thank you for this time that we've had together. And, Lord, I pray today that as you tell us to live, we would say yes. A yes for each person, Father. It's different for all of us. Whatever that yes looks like in our lives today, help us to say yes. Help us to lift our heads up, Father, and to look to you to know that your perfect love casts out fear. We can say yes. Father, just bless each person here, each family represented here. And we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.
The text today is out of the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, 17 through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he who has committed, oh, I'm sorry, people's sins against us, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Blessed be the word. Amen. That's going to be our, our new thing, Mr. and Mrs. Rye. <laughs> I want to go back over that passage again. Just so you see what's going on. If anyone is in Christ, that means if, it's, if you can know Jesus, the new creation has come. It's interesting how they've kind of gotten the translation right because that's really close to what the Greek is saying there the, the point is yes we're new creations but because we're in Christ the new creation has come what happened at the cross made a significant difference in the world and everything is different now and there's a way for us to live that we're not experiencing the way we we probably should a lot of us because somehow the enemy got in there and told us okay fine if I if you if you know Jesus yeah you're gonna but we pushed it off into the distance that, that it's all out there and it's not. See, it's right now. And the enemy doesn't want you to live that life right now because of what happens in, in the rest of this thing. Um, he's given us uh, the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Because of what happened, God's made a way for everybody to be reconciled. He's not counting their sins against them. And he's committed to us this message of reconciliation. See, we're to live it out. We're to live out this idea of what it means to be new creation, what it means to have engaged in it already and entered into it. And, and it's, as we live it out, it impacts people around us. It, it makes us ambassadors for what's happening. It's like as we get a hold of what this new life is and live it out, that's us being ambassadors. And it's God making his appeal through us that there is a whole new way of life that's possible in Christ that people aren't experiencing. And, and we still, many of us still need to catch up to it and engage in it and not push so much of it off to the distance. It's changing things now. It's changed now. Already, you've already entered in. That's what I've been saying over the last few weeks, right? We're already eternal beings because of what's happened at the cross. Jesus kind of took us with him through there and, and in his death and resurrection. So we're already raised to life. That, that song we were singing, live, live. It, it's like that happens now. The resurrection power flows in me already. Holy Spirit dwells in me already. Things are different now. The problem is we haven't had our minds catch up. To what's going on. And that's what I want to talk about this week and, and even next week. This is so important. I'm just praying that you get this and that it sinks in the life that's available to you now and, and why we kind of get caught in a struggle. God made him who had no sin 
to become sin for us. We talked about this last week. So that what happens? We might become the righteousness of God. See, that's, that's what's going on. Remember I said, I wanted you to see the picture. And we talked about the whole thing with the bronze serpent and everything so that you could connect what was going on. And, and so a, a snake was put on a tree to deal with the issue of snake. And so we get that. And Jesus was telling Nicodemus, so sin's going to be put on a tree so we can deal with sin. And Jesus becomes sin. Never sin. Don't, don't see that in there. But he becomes sin. God in the flesh amazingly channels all of the evil in the world, everything that's happened to this one point in time in history 2,000 years ago, and then he takes it on, all of it, and he takes it down, and he deals with it forever. That's how amazing God is, so that we might become the righteousness of God. So the picture was that, that Eve sort of picked sin off the tree, and then God puts sin back on the tree, and now everything can be restored to the way it was. We're restored to who we were back in the garden with God. Our identity is restored. Our image is restored. We become, once again, the righteousness of God. And so I want to start there, and then we'll build a little bit, and we'll see what the problem is. So that we can become the righteousness of God. That's a interesting thought. We have to know what it really means. So let's talk about this verse we looked at last week, Romans 6, 10, and 11. The death he died, Jesus, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So we're, we're supposed to count ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God. Now here's where we've got to start changing the way that we think a little bit, because I, I have this thought right now that we tend to see that and we think, kind of feels more like the opposite is true. Like sometimes God feels a little distant, but sin is ever present. It's just always sort of right there. And then we, we, we sort of get stuck a little bit because, well, this is how we're supposed to be living. And so, well, we're going to try harder. And, and our default experience is to sort of well, I need some more rules to live by then. And I, I got to I got to have some more, you know, uh, self-control, some willpower. I got to work it all up. And I gotta, that's how it's going to change. That's what's going to happen. And the problem is um, we don't have any breakthroughs that way. Because what we have to learn is what we need is that resurrection power that's flowing through our veins. We need Holy Spirit to help us to understand that we can be changed, that we're new and different and things have changed. And, and so we, we have to sort of get a hold of first the idea that his death and resurrection has made something brand new happen. It's the restoration of the image of God to humanity. We have been restored to what we were created to be. And that's kind of what righteousness means. It's a hard word to define. And so we, 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 we think, well, maybe it's like, you know, it's being, you know, it's right standing before God or something, or it's about, you know, doing, doing the right thing. And, it, and some of that's in there, but it's more to it than that. The, the best definition I could find was in a Greek lexicon, and it says this, it's the state of him who is as he ought to be. Righteousness is being who you ought to be. And you were created in the image of God, and so that's what you ought to be. The, the, the biblical contrast of that would be the term sinner, so that we can sort of get an idea of the difference and, 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 and what happens. So, you know, let's go back to the story that we know very well now, Romans 5:19. For 
just as through the disobedience of the one man, Adam, the many were made sinners. Look, look, but what happened? Because of Adam, we were, what were we made? Sinners. Our identity was broken. We had a different identity. It wasn't good. So also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. Because of Jesus, we become the righteousness of God. And so when Adam sinned, when that happened, uh, it broke the essence of who we're supposed to be. But when Jesus came, he fixes that and sets it straight by what he does at the cross. He restores us to righteousness. It means that, that we once again bear the image of God. That's our identity. That is who we are. Now, some of you, wow, that sounds, you know, that sounds too fantastic to be true. But in the scripture, it's very clear. Ephesians 4.24, we're to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's what Paul's saying. You are back who you were created to be. That's who you can be once again in Christ Jesus. That's what's supposed to be happening. We're to put on the new self that's created in the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. That's what's happened. Remember, you know the story now. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection set right all of the consequences that happened to the fall. He set them right. He's made a way for all of that to be dealt with. Now, why, why is there still this struggle? And why, uh, why are things happening that happen? And why do bad things happen? People have all those questions. Well, here's, here's why. The enemy is a thief. Got to get a hold of this. The enemy was defeated, thoroughly defeated at the cross. Jesus was victorious. The enemy was done. He's defeated, but not yet departed. And he's got this little bit of room to operate until Jesus comes back. But everything has been made right at the cross. But what the enemy wants is he wants to steal. He's a thief. John 10.10. You know, we, we do that verse all the time, right? The enemy's come to steal, kill, and destroy. So... For believers in particular, what's happened is he knows he lost you into the kingdom of God. But he's trying to make you think that that's going to happen some point in the future. But he's already lost you. And, and don't let him steal life from you now. See, that, that, that song was keep playing. Now, I've heard it. So I, I'm here for four services. I've done three already. And the practice before that I'm here for not... We don't. We practice the music, not me. And uh, you can tell he ain't practicing. <laughs> I, I started listening to that song, and I just realized: look, if 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 you can connect to that song, don't think of it as just as something that's going to happen then. It happens now. This is the life that God wants us to live now. It's this life that we have in the Holy Spirit. And the enemy so desperately doesn't want you to live that life. Why? Well, he likes to steal everything he can from you. And when you're living this life, when you make this connection, it actually it has this amazing impact on the world around us where we become ambassadors. People see that and they go, that's what I've been looking for. I haven't been looking to go hang out with a group of people that have a bunch of stuffy rules who aren't really very nice and who seem completely different in one thing than in another. But what I am looking for is a life that changes everything with people who, who are definitely different, who love God. They're not perfect, but you can tell there's something different just in the way that they're moving through things. And they have a different way of looking at things. And, and you can tell something's different. I want that. What have you got? I want, I want, you know, whatever it is that, that, you know, back in the jail when everything went south in the book of Acts and the jailer came running in ready to kill himself and everything was okay. And he goes, I want whatever it is you got. And I want it now. That's the kind of ambassador I want to be. 
I fall short, but I'm, I'm hoping. See, that's what he wants for that's what God wants for all of us. But the enemy doesn't. So we're in a battle. And that's what you have to get a hold of. Our struggle. Ephesians 6, 12 is not against flesh and blood. And I want to say that because I think a lot of times we think, OK, and I use that. It's not about so we're not going to struggle with other people. That's true. Right. It's behind that. But it's not even a struggle with your flesh and blood. It's a, it's a spiritual battle. That's what he says. Against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in heaven. It's against the enemy and his minions. It's against all of them. That's the battle we're in. And he is trying desperately to steal life from you. And what he wants you to do is, if he can get you trapped into thinking that it's just you are the mess, you're the problem, you're not okay, you're not good enough, you will never make it. Oh, I'm so bad. I made bad choices. Oh, the guilt and the shame and all of the mess. And I'm, I just, you know, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try harder in my own strength and fail again, and I feel like a worse failure. And then the enemy pounds on after that. It was all his fault that I went in that direction anyway. And then he says, see, I told you you no good. And it just doubles down on that. And if we can realize that what we need is we need to recognize the power of the Holy Spirit now dwelling in us. And we need to catch ourselves. And we say, Holy Spirit, will you help me live differently? I don't want to live that way. I don't want to give in to the enemy. See, what the enemy wants is to give you shortcuts when you're going, when things are hard. He does that, right? How do we know? He did it with Jesus. Jesus was, you know, going through the temptation. Lots of stuff going on, and the enemy kept offering him an out. Oh, you don't have to go through all that. You can do it this way. You don't have to do that, Jesus. You can do it this way. He even twisted the scripture a little bit. He does that with you. Oh, you don't. You're in a little pain. I'm so sorry. Here, you don't have to go through pain. Here, you can do this, or you can do that, or you can do this. You can take care of it yourself. Oh, it's taking so long. You don't have to wait. Come on, we'll fix it right now. Come on. And go do it this way. And we give in to it. And it doesn't work. And then he beats us over the head with it. And then he uses guilt and shame to make it even worse. See, but, but what we need to get a hold of is that that's not how we're supposed to live. We are in a spiritual battle. You need to start to get a hold of that. Never underestimate your enemy. I know what's happened, and I know that we've won, and I know that the, the joys and the victories are amazing in Christ. But the enemy is still out there, and don't underestimate them, because he will sneak up on you. Unless you're, you're aware. What I have to do? Well, I've got to think differently about this whole thing. See that? Paul keeps writing to us about changing the way we think. It's the mind of Christ that needs to be developed in us. So the renewing of our mind is so imperative here. Because you have this whole, whatever, however you've been thinking until you make this connection, all of that has to be changed so that you can think rightly now. And, and when we come to Jesus, when we're born again, when we're made new, we get this new nature and we're restored to that thing. But, but all of the mind stuff that we've been walking through is still there. It's still a mess. It has to be changed and it's changed over time. The Holy Spirit helps us in, in this whole thing. Romans 12, 2. This is really what's happening in the Christian walk. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. The way you've been thinking has been wrong, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind, allowing the Holy Spirit to open up the scripture to you, the truth of who God is and what it means, the truth of this life, the truth of this story that we've been looking at and how different you are now, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. That's what he'll do. And it's, it's this change that happens in our minds. See, we used to think one way, and, and, and you can go back to that way of thinking. And what happens is if you get back there, it leads you into 
um, sort of ungodly desires because you want to fix it in your own strength. And the enemy's taking you on that journey. And ungodly, ungodly desires lead to ungodly actions. But what we want is to be changed as we press through this and figure out who we are in Christ. It's not about being a bit, you know, uh, rule followers. It's about yielding to the power of the Holy Spirit and being changed. And that he starts to lead. And we, we yield to that. No, I want to do it your way. What does life look like your way? Here's this thing coming up. Oh, I, I'm, I'm in a little bit of pain. Holy Spirit, will you meet me there? And he will. I don't have to go fix it in myself. I just have to trust and hang on. Oh, it's taking a long time. Holy Spirit, will you help me? Yes, and he gives me patience. I got these things going on. Holy Spirit, help. And he does. And so, so we begin to get our desires changed, and they become godly desires. And godly desires lead to godly actions. And then things are starting to happen. See, it's this change that happens. The enemy wants you to go that way. And, and the Holy Spirit is helping us to go this way in him. Godly desires change. Look, you, in the scripture, this is Paul. He was saying, having lost all sensitivity, he's talking about unbelievers. They've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they're full of greed. That's what our mind used to be. That's who you were before you know Jesus. That's what he's talking about. That, however, is not the way uh, of life you have learned since you've heard about Christ. And you've been taught now in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. There's this new life that's yours now. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its what? Its deceitful desires. Deception. That's the enemy's camp. He, he's trying to... The old way of life, is, it's got these deceptive desires. He, say, he says, look, you don't, you, you've been given new clothes now. You, you have this new clothing on. You're this new creation. Don't put old clothing over your new clothing. And that's what it's like when we pick that stuff up. It's like putting old nasty clothes on, on, over the top of nice clean clothes. He said, you, you don't want to do that. But you need to be made new in the attitude of your minds. And to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. See, that's what we're doing now. We're putting on the new self, the new clothes. We're walking in this. We, we're trusting in the Lord. We're reaching out to Him. We're, we're starting to realize, you know, something happened at the cross. And it was more than, than, than just what Jesus did. And now, you know, now I've got to wait till the sweet by and by. No, somehow He took me with Him on that journey. And because of what He's done, I went with Him. And now I'm different. I'm, I, and I'm supposed to live differently. I don't have to settle for that mess. I still got to live in a broken world on a fallen planet. I get it. Things are going to happen that I don't want to have happen. But I've got Holy Spirit. He's with me. He's got me. My eternal life has already begun. He's going to get me through everything. And I just need to get my thinking wrapped around that. And when I do, I live differently. And I begin to live in a way that makes a difference in the world around me. See, that's what we get a hold of. It's a, it's a mindset. It's a, having the mind of Christ. It's understanding what it means to be righteous. Don't go, well, that's just, you know, righteous people are people that got it all right and follow all those rules. No. Righteous people are people who realize that in Christ they've been restored to bear the image of God. That, that, that's been there. Their identity is back. 
And they are these new people in Christ. And, and they're engaged in a battle. And it's an intense battle. We have a very real enemy. And so we're, we're, we're warriors and we're fighting this battle. We don't underestimate him. But we have the victory already. And we continue to press in and ask our, our victor to help us every step of the way. And he does. And we're changed and we're changed and we're changed. I, I love that song. That, uh, God says, Live. Live. I love that we get to yell it there. I don't know how you feel about yelling, but live. You're almost there. Live. We feel good. That's a shout of victory to the Lord. He's, the enemy has tried to steal from you over and over and over. He just tries to beat you up every day. And I don't want him to take another thing from me. I don't want him to steal anything. I want to live. That's, that's pretty good. Considering we're not that kind of crowd, usually a lot of people are like, oh, my. <laughs> They're like, live. And that's good. Just do it. Live. God is good. He's amazing. We're going to talk more next week. Philippians 3. There's some amazing stuff that goes with this. But he's got us on this journey. And get it? Because it changes everything. Everything. Alice, love, come on up. Let's pray. We're going to invite Holy Spirit to come and just minister to us. We can't get over to the walls and, and do the ministry like we would like to, but we're hopeful soon we'll get back there. But Holy Spirit's so big, He can He can just come and move right among us now. And, and let's ask Him to do that. Holy Spirit, would you come? Just meet us right where we're at today. Right at the point of what's going on in our lives. I, I know, God, there's people here who are struggling with difficult things. I get it. But let them know that you are with them. You're with them right now. And that you will empower them to do everything that needs to be done. And, God, that you will never let them down. And so I, I just pray you'd bring peace into places of anxiety. I, I pray you would bring strength into places of weakness. I pray you would bring hope into places of hopelessness. I pray you would bring joy into places of sorrow. I pray, God, that you would bring healing into places of sickness. Holy Spirit, come. Meet your people here. Amen. So when I asked God if he had anything for the people he loves this weekend, that's you. Um, he, he gave me a couple things. And he said that um, there's someone here and you're either in part-time ministry or maybe full-time ministry. Maybe you're watching online. And every door you go to is closed. You're in a hallway and all the doors are closing. And I feel like the Lord's saying to you, in that stillness, he's going to open the door. Just be faithful, be still. He's calling you to serve by being still. And then the other one I had was about a a very personal relationship. And you've been asking God, give me a sign. Lord, just a sign. I need a sign. And he reminded me of Elijah when he was in the cave. And he he, he didn't see God in the thunder. And he didn't see God in the wind. And he didn't see God in the rain. But in the still, small voice. And God wants you to know he's going to show you where to go in ordinary ways going to give you an answer to that and then this last one is from one of our staff members and when we were singing the song live she felt like you said what for and the lord wants you to know jeremiah 29 11 look it up 
and you're probably struggling with some depression, and the Lord wants to plant hope in you. Amen. The Lord has plans for you. Amen. Give you a future and a hope. Amen. Live. It all starts by knowing Jesus. If you've never done it before, ask Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. That's how it starts. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? Do it now if you've never done it. And if you do it, let me know, please. Just so I can celebrate with you and we'll we'll kind of connect with you and send you something back on your journey. 305-745-7513. Text the word heart to me. And uh, everything starts there. Thank you again, church, just for being who you are, for your amazing generosity, for the joy of being together on this journey. What a difference it makes to be a part of a group like this. And uh, we just say thank you, thank you, thank you for all of that. Praise God from whom all blessings. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. Thanks for coming. That's for watching. Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. And live! watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.